And welcome back to Coaching with the Bible. This week, the second portion in the book of Deuteronomy, the book of Dvarim, known as Va'et Hanan, our subject this week on going above and beyond. Just ask yourself the following question. Do you know someone who at every moment, in every situation, with everything they do, tries to sort of do everything? They try to go above and beyond every single time. They're always going the extra mile. They're always outperforming. They're always surpassing expectations. They're always looking to over-deliver and to overperform. Don't you, don't you hate people like that? I'm kidding. We don't hate people. We don't hate anyone. We certainly don't hate people like that. We, we, are, we take inspiration and motivation and energy from people like that. Because a person who is sort of trying to live a life that is above and beyond is trying to live a life beyond 100%, which is a very sort of powerful approach to live. Now, it's hard to do, and it does ultimately mean that a person perhaps is putting too much pressure on themselves in every situation or the belief that in every moment that that's possible. But a person who is sort of seeking that line um, is a person that perhaps we want to emulate, a person we want to learn from person we want to seek out to sort of see how it is that they do that or why it is that they do that. Because that kind of a mindset, that kind of an approach is very, very powerful. And it is in many cases a place where people want to be. If it's business and they know a person is always going to treat them above and beyond and is going to always exceed expectations, so that might be a person we want to work with. That might be a person we want to have as a vendor of ours, someone who is always going that way. They're they're doing more than we're paying for. It's an amazing sort of approach. And it's actually something that in interviews, often people get asked. Tell me about a time when you went above and beyond in your prior employment is a question people get asked. It's an interesting question. It's not, I don't care about the job itself. I'm sure you did the job, but I want to know how you go beyond the job. What do you what do you do beyond the work? Why and when and how did you go above the work and you went the extra mile and surpassed expectations with a client, with a customer, with a patient? Because those are the people we want to hire. Those are the people we want around us. And so it gets asked in these interviews, for better or for worse, it's not the, po- the point here, but it is an opportunity for a person to shine and to share a good, you know, good story, but it's also to really be specific about something that they did that really shows off their skill set or their work ethic or their mindset about about the people that they're working with. And that's something very, very powerful, something to really think about. And it's it's something that's brought up in in religious literature, uh, a work that we've mentioned a number of times, the Nativo Shalom says that at the heart and the root of the religious person, the religious person's experience in their service of their faith The peak point is the person who is trying to always go above and beyond. It's a person who's always looking, and we'll get into this in just a moment with respect to the verse in this week's reading as to why we're talking about this, but a person is always looking about to do the right and the good or go beyond the the right and the good is really what we're thinking about and what we're talking about. So this is like an ethic that we want to approach, and it's an ethic we want to really consider. And so when we think about it with respect to life, so famously, Wayne Dyer, who's somebody I mentioned way back at the beginning of Coaching with the Bible, and I'll mention him again here, 
that the notion of going the extra mile is actually not the norm, which is why it's called the extra mile. And so he has a quote, which I think is a great quote. It says, it's never crowded along the extra mile. If it was crowded along the extra mile, it would be a place where many people are, and that would be just another mile. At that point and at that space, as Zig Ziglar says, there are no traffic jams when you get to the extra mile. When you're in the space, what we may call rarefied space, but in a place where most people don't exist, so there's more air to breathe, there's less congestion, there's less noise, and there's less traffic. Because going the extra mile is an entire shift in the mind. It's an entire change in the way we think. It's an entire um, approach, a call to action that most people do not ascribe to. And so it's interesting to think about and it's interesting to wonder about, am I a person in my own work, in my own life that I shoot for above the line? Do I go for the extra mile? Do I go above and beyond for my people, for my friends, for my family, for myself, for my team? Or do I not? And so ultimately, I under-deliver and I underperform to some degree. I just deliver and I perform. But then there's that always that person around me that I'm looking at who's on my team, who's in my company, who's in my neighborhood, who's my neighbor, who's my relative, who over-delivers and over-delivers and over-delivers and always is going beyond, beyond, beyond. And sometimes that's frustrating and annoying for reasons I'll mention in just a moment. And sometimes it's inspiring. The reason it might be viewed as annoying is because we want to be there. We want to think that way. We want to get to that space and we don't. And so we minimize and we reduce what it is we're trying to do or we shoot for um, you know, taking the, you know, the, short, the short angle on something or a cut a corner uh, rather than sort of going beyond, beyond, beyond. And so it's, a, it's, it's something that we want to emulate and something that we may even be envious of or even jealous of in other people, and therefore we have that annoyed feeling about them. But the reality of it is, is that something that we actually want, we're just not there. And so because we are not in that space, we don't appreciate the people who are in that space or operating in that space uh, all, of, all of the time. And so I want to sort of dive into it on the, on, the, on the Bible side for just a couple of moments because it does come up in this week's reading. The Bible tells us after going through, you know, a lot of other very famous pieces of, of writing, um, including a, uh, a repetition of the Ten Commandments in this week's reading, the Bible tells us that you should do that which is right and good in the eyes of God. And so Rashi, the famous commentary, comments right there on the spot, what does it mean that you should do that which is right and that which is good in the eyes of God? Rashi comments, quoting, that that means you should go beyond the letter, the line of the law. Meaning that almost to some degree built into the system is a notion and idea that you have to go above and beyond the system. And that your behavior shouldn't just sort of follow the line of the law, but one should seek out opportunities one should consider opportunities where they can go above the letter of the law. Famously, in a wonderful article by Rabbi uh, Aaron Lichtenstein, which is entitled, Does Jewish Tradition Recognize an Ethic Independent of Halacha? Meaning, is there a space for ethics beyond Jewish law? Is that even possible? Is there space for such a thing? Or does the Jewish law 
sort of hold itself as self-sufficient and self-containing and have everything within it. It's really an unbelievable article, very, very powerful. He goes into this whole idea. What does that mean that there's this idea of going above the letter of the law? Are you required to do that? Is that expected of a person? Can you require someone to go beyond what's required of them? How does that exactly work? And then if you do, what exactly is that? And so in there, he begins to develop and explain and expound on sort of both sides of that equation and that question in a very deep philosophical way. But there when he quotes famously from Rabbi uh, Moses ben Nachman, known as Nachmanides or Ramban to most, on this specific subject. And what Ramban says is the following. It's that there are situations where the Bible doesn't get specific about the requirement. After listing off a set of requirements in a very specific manner, you shouldn't go around speaking negatively about people. Uh, You shouldn't uh, testify falsely in a court. You should give charity. All kinds of different yeses and nos. The Bible then gets a little bit more general. Because basically, as other commentaries then explain, the Bible is providing, or God is providing space to the person to act in certain moments above above the line, or in their situation, their circumstances in their world, perhaps slightly differently than might have been the case in another period of time. And so, giving the person the space to operate above the letter and the line of the law. Uh, Ramban also famously makes a similar kind of comment Uh, when we are required uh, or the commandment comes down to be holy, that's back in Leviticus, the idea that a person should be holy, Ramban there writes that a person, if a person just simply holds to the line of the law, so then that's not where holiness exists. Holiness exists by curtailing one's use of the things that are permitted to them, holding back from an excessive or even to some degree abuse of certain things that are permitted can talk about a person who is allowed to drink wine, a person who is allowed to eat meat, but if a person is excessive in that, are they violating any law? No. Are they sort of to some degree abhorrent with respect to their behavior? Probably. And so that's where famously sanctity or holiness lies, according to Ramban. And here it's similar that there's a notion that goes above and above the letter. And so quoting from the Talmud, there's a famous story that's told about a famous personality in the Bible, and he, his workers had damaged some of his goods, and so he held back, Rabbah held back on their clothing. He held their clothing as some sort of a collateral for the damage that they had, um, that they had caused. And the, the Talmud then tells us that the people came to Rav, who, and they told him the circumstance, the situation, Rav turned to Rabbah and he told him, give them the clothing back. And Rabbi asked him, is this the rule? And he said, yes, it is. And then he told them, after return the clothing, that they're poor and that they've labored all day and they have nothing, that you should pay them. And he said, is this the rule? Is this the dean? Is this the law? And he said, yes, it is, because you have to keep the path of the righteous. The path of the righteous is undefined. It's nondescript, meaning that in his case, he had to go above and beyond. He had to do more. He had to go further. And so it's something that is incumbent upon us to sort of appreciate and understand is the notion that we have to operate above the letter of the law. Again, is it required in a certain sense? 
That's a discussion that is a disagreement if it's required. Um, is it perhaps on some degree, if it's not required, aspirational? Absolutely. Is it as perhaps as uh, Rabbi Asher Weiss says very often that it's the Ratzon HaTorah, it is sort of the will of the Torah, it's the will of the Bible, that we should behave in a certain manner, that people should go above, that the, that the righteous, um, the people who are desiring to move into a space of holiness and sanctity, that they should operate um, in, in a certain manner that's above. Yes, that's exactly that idea. Rabbi Shalom Rosner, in his work, Shalom Rav has a piece on this specific verse uh, in this week's portion, and he quotes from a number of sources that call this idea of going above the letter of the law the fifth book of, the, of what's called the Shulchan Aruch, the book of Jewish law. So there are four books. It's written as four books. But the idea of going above the letter of the law, of going beyond, of doing more, is the fifth book. It's sort of the unwritten book, if you want to call it anything. But that's what we're talking about, going that extra mile in our religious practice, going that extra mile with respect to our relationship with God, but also going the extra mile with respect to our relationship with other people and the people around us, and sort of going in there. And the reason that one would want to do that from a work standpoint, as I mentioned before, certainly is because that's how you gain reputation. That is how you, for yourself, create a sense of feeling good about the work that you're doing by going beyond. Hopefully, hopefully it energizes you and doesn't deplete you, because sometimes that can deplete you, and hopefully it gives you more energy to go and do more, motivates and inspires you to do more, but minimally, at least, it should give you that feel-good factor. Beyond it, of course, it can help someone boost their career by operating in a mode where it's a power mode of always thinking forward about how they're going to do more and more and more and more for their clients. So it's going to boost the career. It's going to give them perhaps different opportunities. It's going to separate them from the competition because now people are always, they're always measuring, they're always looking, right? People are always, you know, willing to spend more perhaps on the customer experience of course, success, but also the experience. And so they're going to look at where the lines are drawn. How far does this person go? How far does that person go? That person goes well beyond the cost uh, of my, my cost to them. And so it's an opportunity to boost one's career. Obviously, you learn more about your clients and your customers and the people that you were around by going this way and by doing this. So there's a lot of benefit to a person to sort of behave and act in this manner. Of course, how does one go about it? So that sort of relates to a lot of what we talked about before. It is, it is a mindset. It is an intentionality. It is a focus. It has to become a basic fundamental value of your being to operate this way, minimally in your place of work, but hopefully in other places as well, in your personal life, with your family members, with your children, with your spouse, with your friends. Who do people want to be friends with? Who do people want to be around? Who do you want to spend their time with? They want to spend it with people who obviously are good people. But it's also comforting to know that the person is going to go out of their way for me. The person is going to go, always goes beyond for me. He's always there. He or she is always there for me. They're always willing to do more for me. And then to then go and actually do that, right? To, to, to sort of perform in that way, to almost to some degree, you know, read their minds in those spaces, in those times, that's, in a work environment, that's always great when you can call up a client or a customer and sort of know what they're thinking, even if they haven't called you and spoken to you. 
feeling like they're, you know, you're in their phone, you hear what they're talking about or what they're writing about and what they're worried about, that's a very powerful level of going above and beyond. But it's also true in our homes, with our families, with our spouses, the idea that we have to operate on some level, again, not coerced, but on some level of our own volition above the letter of the law, and that we have to go beyond for the people that we care about. That is some way how we show that we care, that we love people, that, we, that they're important to us, is by going and doing more uh, for them. It's getting them that cup of coffee uh, when they didn't ask for it, but they really needed it, right? It's uh, by, you know, famously or like anecdotally or something that you always hear, putting the slippers by the door. That breakfast in bed on that one occasion when the person, you know, wants to sleep late, taking care of all of the errands that need to get taken care of in one's home in advance. That is going above the letter of the law. I know in a, in a context of work, I can give you a great example. Uh, I have a friend, I make and mention these things, it's a lot of situations like this, my rabbinic friends, because I think a lot of them are super inspiring to me. But one rabbinic friend is really paying attention to what's going on in a synagogue, which is, sounds not, shouldn't be surprising, but that, and that's his job, but he's really, really good at it. And what I mean by that, he's really, really good at it. He's really, he's really he notices when people are missing, as an example. And so there was a person who had come to synagogue every day for many, many years, and suddenly the person was missing. They just weren't there. And so he, you know, he went above and he went over to the person's house to see how they were doing. I don't think anyone expects that. But when that's delivered, that's over-delivering. Now, one can assume that, well, that's my responsibility, that's my job, I, should, I haven't seen that person in a while, I should reach out. And hopefully we think that way, but some of us don't. Um, but that is part of how we over-deliver. That is how we go about it. It has to be not an obsession, but it has to be the mindset about which we go about our being. It has to be how do we think about these things. Um, the idea that when we go into certain circumstances, as the Nativa Shalom writes, that when we're going into different moments, we should be thinking not just simply what does God want from us, because that's the religious context of it, but in the general context of it is what's the right and the good here? What's the 10x version of this circumstance? What is above and beyond or be the extra mile in this circumstance? And to sort of, to some degree, that's how we learn how to do it is by spending the time, taking the time, but also building up a list of different things that could be considered above the letter. People love, people love, love certain things that you do. And so that's how we sort of go about it. The reality of it is, as Gary, Gary Ryan Blair, who is the president of the Goals Guy, who really talks a lot about over-delivering and um, going the extra mile, is that a person who's committed to the extra mile means never having to apologize for a subpar performance. Going the extra mile is about Really, it's about love. It's a passionate obsession with excellence. It's the result of good intention, uncompromising standards, sincere effort, intelligent design, attention to detail, and skillful execution. It's a quote from, of his. He has a ton of these amazing quotes on this particular subject. And that's what the Bible wants from us. That's what God wants from us. That's what people expect from us to some degree. That's what people want from us. That's what they want in their personal experiences. If it's a vendor-client uh, relationship, 
That's what people want from us in their own lives. They don't simply want blah. They don't simply want, they don't just simply want or expect just to follow the line. People want more. And we should want to deliver more. We should want to exceed their expectations. We should always try to strive to, to some degree, figure out how do I go beyond? What can I do more to really be that person for other people in our lives? That's Coaching with the Bible for this week. Look forward to seeing you next week.